Okay. The Altarebbe's redemption was on the 19th of Kislev. And since it was 19th of Kislev, no, since it was on 19th of Kislev, so we say Psalm number 90 on 19th of Kislev, Tzadik. So the previous Rebbe said that all of the requests in Psalm number 90 are associated with the redemption of the Alter Rebbe. And because the previous Rebbe is the one who, uh, who succeeded the Alter Rebbe, so therefore the redemption of the previous Rebbe is also associated with Psalm number 90. Psalm number 90 is called the Prayer of Moses, Tzilomesha, and uh, it's classified as the Prayer of the Wealthy. So, what is the meaning of the Prayer of the Wealthy? So, um, it seems that if you're wealthy, you have everything you need, um, you don't need to, you don't need to ask for anything. So why why are you praying? You gotta pray that your wealth doesn't disappear. Okay, <laughs> fine. There's there's a, it seems that Moshe Rabbeinu was some people are wealthy in one area and they're poor in other areas. Moshe Rabbeinu was wealthy in every area. So how come Moshe Rabbeinu is making this prayer? What's this prayer about? So, and, and usually you could say, well, there's different. Even if he's wealthy spiritually, but compared to a higher level. He is not wealthy, but Moshe Rabbeinu was wealthy in that he um, says, for example, that usually when the Torah repeats someone's name, there is an interruption in the, in the tune between their names. But by Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no interruption. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no interruption between, between the way he was in this world to the way he is in heaven. So the interruption in the tune interrupts, in, indicates interruption in their essence, the way, the way they were in heaven and to the way they are here. But Moshe Rabbeinu is the same here as he is in heaven. Moshe, Moshe, there's no interruption. So Moshe Rabbeinu has, has it all here. And there is a concept of, of um, the, uh, the limit, the obligation of tzedakah. And it says that if someone was used to um, having a... Um, if someone is used to having a horse to ride on and a servant to walk in front of them, that was what they were used to. By them not having that, it's like a deficiency because that's what they're used to. So that's not considered wealth. Wealth is to have beyond your needs. So if you're used to luxury and you don't have luxury, you're deficient. It's not, just, it's not that you're missing a luxury. Because you got accustomed to luxury, so the luxury is now has become a necessity. So when we say that Moshe Rabbeinu was wealthy physically and spiritually, we're talking about that he experienced the highest level of revelation of godliness. So why, is it, what, is his, what is his prayer about? What's a prayer of the, of the wealthy man? So the answer is, the prayer of the wealthy man is, his prayer is not for himself, his fra- prayer is for the Jewish people. Thank you very much. And even though it's, his prayer is from the path after the Jewish people, in the language of the Medrash, he's like a, a person who, who comes to the king, and the king says, the king says that there were three people came to the king. Uh, the first one says, comes to the king with a request. The king says, what do you want? Um, he said, because I rebelled against you, uh, I am asking you to forgive me. The second one had the same request. The third one says, I'm not asking for myself. I'm asking about a certain country that belongs to you, and it's destroyed. I want you to rebuild it. 
So the, the king says to this man, I'm going to give you a great crown. Not just to fulfill your request, but because you're asking on behalf of others, the king says, I'm going to give you a great crown. So David Melech comes to Hashem, and Hashem says, what are you asking for? Um, Hashem said, David said, David says, I want you to hear my prayer. Chabakok says to Hashem, comes to Hashem, Hashem says, what do you want, Chabakok? Hashem says, he wants uh, all of the things I said to you, it was an accident, like, forgive me. Um, the Moshe comes before Hashem, and Hashem says, Moshe, what are you asking for? So Moshe says, please forgive your people. So Hashem says, this, this great crown is yours, I'm going to go over my will for your sake. So Moshe request is not for himself, it's for the, it's for the Jewish people, and that's how it's possible that he, has a, he is the prayer of the wealthy man. His prayer is that whatever he has, he wants to give to the Jewish people. And that explains what we, learned, we asked yesterday, we asked yesterday, how come the Alter Rebbe and the previous Rebbe had this exponential growth in their activity after their redemption? And the, the explanation that's given is because there's more light that comes from darkness. Seemingly, they don't have experience in darkness. And the answer is, is that their, their essence is the Jewish people. And because their essence is the Jewish people, the Jewish people experience darkness, so it's considered darkness for them as well. <coughs> it's, not, it's not that they, they also lead the Jewish people. And the Jewish people are their very core. Since their very core is the Jewish people, so when the Jewish people are missing something, it's they're missing something in their core. And therefore, if the Jewish people have darkness, they have darkness. And therefore, when there's a redemption, it's redemption for them, for them as well. Um, so, in the Oisid Gimel, the 13th section of the Mimer, um, never speaks about how... Um, the unique revelation that Moshe Benu brought to the world through his prayer um, was the idea of spiritual wealth. That spiritual wealth means um, that there should be a revelation of the essence of Hashem, essence of godliness. And any other level of godliness, uh, when it passes to uh, David, any other level of godliness when it's revealed, it, there still could be. It's not. It, it's not considered wealthy because there's a higher level. That's a, a, a rough way of explaining it, but it's. But in short, it's not. Wealth refers to the essence of galings, to rebuild the the city that was destroyed in the language of the Talmud. The the, the Moshe comes to the king and says, "Rebuild your city, forgive your people." Um, that to order to, to for that to be sustained, there has to be the revelation of the essence of galings. So the prayer of Moshe Rabbeinu is that there should be a revelation of the essence of Galilee. And, and so based on this, since the redemption of Yubayi's Tammuz and the redemption of Kislev are associated with chapter number 90, because the altar was redeemed on the 19th of Kislev, so we have to say that the kind of redemption that they, both, they experienced is also associated with the kind of revelation that this, uh, this chapter talks about. This chapter talks about the revelation of wealth, meaning of the essence of Galilee. So we see something of the revelation, the essence of Galilee in the redemption of, of the Alter Rebbe and in the, the redemption of the previous Rebbe. Let's continue in Oishid Gimel um, uh, on line number 23. Vishleimar, 
the redemption of the Alter Rebbe. Um, I don't want to share with him. Uh, we're on line, line, line 23, page Chav uh, Beis. The reason why the redemption was in a way that it was an open miracle beyond nature, and yet it was vested in nature. It was On the one hand, it was above nature. On the other hand, it was vested in nature. Although it was vested in nature, it was in a way that 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 uh, the nature didn't conceal the miracle. It it was both natural; they had natural means through which the miracle came about, and yet it was obvious that it was still a miracle. So it, it had a convergence of both the n- nature and miracle. So th- that's those are two opposites. Nature is what fits into the laws of, of the world that Hashem established. And miracles beyond the laws. So on the one hand, it was vested within the laws of nature, and yet it went beyond them. Not only was it obvious, but it was obvious in a way that everyone in the world could see that an open miracle happened. How did this happen? What, what, what's, let's go into the spiritual plumbing of this kind of a, of a phenomenon. How could there be the convergence of miracle and, and nature to the extent they could, it, although, although it's miraculous, it's, it's, um, it's in nature, and yet it's obvious that it's a miracle. So, this, what's the source of nature? The source of nature comes from Hashem's name, Elohim, which is the name of Hashem of concealment, that, that it's a power to conceal God's energy, to filter it in a way so that every creature receives its specific divine force that makes it tick. The name Yuki Vavke, Havaya, that's the name of Hashem that's associated with the godly energy that's beyond creation, the miraculous. Since we explained that the redemption of the previous Rebbe was connected to the essence of godliness, which is beyond the limited light of Hashem, and beyond the infinite light of Hashem, beyond Elohim and beyond Havaya, beyond Sevim, beyond Mimali, Hakil Mchabashneim, because it came from the essence of godliness, that's why there was a convergence in this world of miracle in nature, but on the one hand it was in nature, on the other hand it was open within nature itself, that it was, a, that it was a, uh, beyond nature. Because it came from the essence of Hashem, what's the essence of Hashem? Is He limited or unlimited? He's beyond being limited, He's beyond being unlimited, He has no limitations at all, He's not limited to being unlimited, He's not limited to being to be confined by the laws that he created. He's not limited to being beyond the laws that he created. He can combine them both. Hashem is the essence of everything. And therefore, because the revelation came from the essence of Hashem, therefore there's a convergence of, um, of these two energies. And so it's not only natural, it's not only miraculous, there's both. If you're not confused, you're not listening. Okay. Mishlemar, the Agilui, the Erin Saf, Shemayim, Masev, Mali, Bechibur, Nes, the fact that there was a revelation of the infinite light of Hashem in the convergence of the miraculous with the natural, what that means is only that they, there, there was a sense in those, in those two kinds of phenomena, the natural and the miraculous, they, there was a sense in them 
of something of what makes them really of what they what they're really made out of. What they really everything comes from the essence of Hashem. So in the natural, in the miraculous, through their convergence, you could see that this that was happening was something coming from where they come from. That it wasn't because it came from the essence of Hashem. Therefore, it powered this kind of convergence of these two opposing energies, these two energies which are very divergent, very, and yet they came together because of the revelation of the essence of Hashem. But that's only that the essence of Hashem powered something else. It's not that you saw the essence of Hashem in the experience itself, it's more like the essence of Hashem powered this convergence. It wasn't just that there was a convergence of the miraculous and the natural. It was more. It was that you could see a miracle in nature, and more, the very same people who arrested the previous Rebbe, it wasn't that they stopped and they died, and they, or they lost their power, and, and America conquered the Soviet Union or something, or Israel, it, it, they stayed in position, and they stayed with the full force, and yet they had to free him. The same people who were, who were the, the, his captors, and they're in charge, yet they themselves, in their position, were forced to free him, and they had to use their position of strength to free him. So, so where does that come from? That comes because the source of creation... God's speech, which is called the lowest of all levels, because it's the source of creation, the, where does the source of creation come from? From the essence of Hashem. There's a relationship between the essence of godliness and the words of Hashem in creation. And because on the 12th of Tammuz there was a revelation of the essence of godliness, therefore you could see, even in creation itself, its divine source. You could see, even in the KGB, where they came from. There was Chaim Chaim Rach. Never once mentioned how one of the um, prison, one of the uh, policemen who asked the previous rebbe, at one point he said to the previous rebbe, he wanted the previous rebbe to do something. The previous rebbe was getting hurt because he was defying their orders. He says, "Rebbe, <coughs> they're trying to make it easier for you, rebbe." And Rebbe pointed out that he called the previous rebbe rebbe. And like at that, he came originally from Chassidim. This, this this policeman, he, his, he was born from a blessing of the Remarash, I think. And and Serbia said at that moment, his Hasidic uh, connection was revealed when he said that even though he's he's he is the one who's tortured the previous Rebbe, yet there's something there. So that's that's far more an actual redemption of the previous Rebbe, where they're, they're in position. And yet they have to free him. So you see in this a, a connection between creation and that which is beyond creation. And why is that happening? Because the redemption comes from the essence of godliness, and therefore the, that which allows the convergence of these two energies. Um, and that's why this is associated with the prayer of the wealthy, because again, the prayer of the wealthy means the revelation of the essence of godliness and coming down into the place of the country which has been destroyed, which represents the sphere of Malchus. Revelation, the essence of Galilee into the lowest of spheres. Let's go to line number 14. Through the convergence of the miraculous and the natural. In their redemption, power was given to all those who walk in the footsteps, all those who walk, walk in the paths of the one whose redemption we are celebrating. What power is given to us? 
We also have two kinds of energy within us. We have a miraculous energy, our faith in Hashem beyond logic and reason. We also have a natural energy, our logic. So just like in the redemption, there was a convergence of the miraculous and the natural, and it was, you could see in nature that it, nature comes from something. You could see the miracle within the, the, the garments of nature so too, in ourselves, this redemption empowers us so that even when we are using our minds, it's not in a way that our mind conceals our faith in Hashem. That although our mind is the dominant force in the conversation, yet, in the mind itself, it, it, it doesn't conceal our faith. Even when, we're, even when we're trying to use our mind to understand things, we're using our natural energy, we're using not the, there are times when we, we focus on the fact that we're Jewish and I believe and that there's something in me that believes and I trust that voice that believes in Hashem. That's, that's one kind of voice. Then there is me trying to figure it out in my, in my mind. What's going on over here? What is this? What's happening? And when I do that, unfortunately, often what happens is I, I'm analytical and I'm skeptical and I worry and I think and I have anxiety. And when using my mind, it, it's, it's the opposite of faith. It's, 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 it's looking at things from a very, very earthy perspective. But the gift of the redemption of the Yubes Tamus to all those who follow in the path of the previous Rebbe is that not only should they have faith, but even when they're using their mind, their mind should also be a vessel for their faith so that their mind doesn't conceal their faith. Here what's going on? Um, another thing that was given through this redemption in a similar vein regarding the spreading of the wellsprings of Chassidus to the outside, which began by the redemption of the Alter Rebbe and grew more, more, it was revealed even more with the redemption of the previous Rebbe because of the convergence of the miraculous and the nat- and natural at the time of the redemption it gave us the ability to bring in the world natural which is be- what is beyond the world the wellsprings of Chassidus they were able to bring the wellsprings of Chassidus which is beyond creation into creation, into the world, just like in ourselves, our, there's a natural energy in there, and there's miraculous energy, there's faith and there's, and there's intellect. So too there is the miraculous, which is the inner dimension of Torah, the soul of Torah, and there's the world, which is natural. So the, the redemption, the previous Rebbe, which happened in a way that the, in nature itself you saw the miracle, that also empowers those who follow in the footsteps of the Friedrich Rebbe and, and, and were granted a, a redemption through the redemption of the previous Rebbe, that their activity to spread the Wellsprings of Chassidus should also see this kind of convergence. How so? So when you're spreading the Wellsprings of Chassidus, you're spreading the miracle, you're spreading something which is beyond the world. And where are you spreading it? In the world. That even when they're in the world, they're, they're spreading the wellsprings to the outside, it should be clear that they're spreading the wellsprings of Chassidus. It shouldn't be that, th- that there's some kind of diluted version that now is some kind of like, let's say, a, a buberdika version of Chassidus, which is now like fits into the, uh, the way the world is. But, 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 but no, the way the wellsprings of Chassidus are, the way they are in their pristine uh, essence, they are, they are there in the outside, in the outside world. 
It should be open and clear, even when they're in the outside world, that they are the wellsprings of Chassidus, that, that they are beyond the world. Just like we said about nature, that nature itself, it wasn't a concealment for the miracle that happened on the 12th of Tammuz, so to the wellsprings of Chassidus being spread to the outside world, it's not only that the, the wellsprings of Chassidus reach there, and not only that you could notice that there's still the wellsprings of Chassidus when they are in the outside world, but more, the outside world does not conceal the wellsprings of Chassidus. The outside world is not in, in a state of opposition, just like it was in the in time of the previous Rebbe, when the, the, his captors themselves freed him, so too the world shouldn't be in a state where it conceals the wellsprings of Chassidus. The world becomes a vessel for it. The Yisrael Mizu, Oh, not only does it not conceal it, but more it becomes a vessel for it. It becomes a vessel for these wellsprings. Next page. And this is a prelude to the coming of Mashiach. When it says Mashiach will come, the glory of Hashem will be revealed. And all flesh will see that the mouth of Hashem is speaking. That means in the flesh itself, Mashiach will come, we'll see in the physical flesh itself, the godly energy within it. We'll see in the physical reality itself the godly energy. So too, as a preparation for the coming of Mashiach, even when you're engaged in spreading the wasps of Chassidus to the outside world, not only do you, does the world not oppose it, but on the contrary, the world is a vessel for it. So I was going to um, briefly read the, the last segment of the Mimer outside. And this is explanation of the, the words that the Mimer is based on. God spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu and told Moshe Rabbeinu they should bring you the red heifer the reason why the red heifer is called by Moshe's name, even though the red heifer's unique characteristic is that it's something which is super rational, and because Moshe knows the reason, he knows the reason of all the commandments, including the red heifer, it seems that for him there's no difference between the, this mitzvah and other mitzvahs. So the reason why it's considered something associated with Moshe Rabbeinu, although it seems that he doesn't have anything special about this mitzvah, he knows the reason for this, he knows the reason of all other mitzvahs, the reason why it's considered something associated with him is because, because since by the Jewish people, this is something super rational, so therefore for Moshe Rabbeinu it's also super rational. And that's why Hashem told Moshe, tell the Jewish people they should bring you the red heifer, that through by speaking to the Jewish people, they should bring you the red heifer. In other words, really, this is only a red heifer. This is only super rational for the Jewish people. But they should convey to you this, the special quality of this mitzvah. For you, Moshe Rabbeinu, you don't see this as something special because you understand it. But you will receive the special quality of this mitzvah um, through, through the Jewish people. What makes Moshe not understand this mitzvah, in other words, is the fact that he's connected to the Jewish people and the Jewish people don't understand it. But... Practically, though, in order for us to fulfill this mitzvah and all mitzvahs with a super rational devotion to Hashem, that we receive from Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu, on the one hand, his not knowing the reason is because he is the shepherd of the Jewish people. He receives that from the Jewish people. But his devotion to Hashem, in a way that's super rational, that he gives to us. And because he knew the reason, he, what, what did he, because he knew the reason for the red heifer, he's able to give us something more. Not only is he able to give us the ability to serve Hashem beyond logic and reason in regarding all the commandments, but also that our faith in Hashem should also resonate in our minds. Moshe Rabbeinu knows the reason for the red heifer. What does that mean spiritually for us? 
that our faith in Hashem shouldn't just be something which is super rational, it should also come, become something which is part of our mind. Moshe Rabbeinu knows, understands the Red Heifer. Our faith in Hashem should become something we understand. That's what Moshe empowers us to do by him knowing the reason for the Red Heifer, that our faith also becomes something the way it, ah, that, that makes sense. And that's the reason why our sages say about this mitzvah, it is a law and you cannot question it, that the way we fulfill this mitzvah and the way we accept the yoke of Hashem is not only that we actually do what Hashem says even though we don't understand it, but we don't question it at all. We don't question at all the, uh, the, the, um, the commandments of Hashem. Why don't we question it? Because our mind also, it, it res- this idea of, of devotion to Hashem is something that, that, that resonates in our minds. It's, it makes sense to us to be devoted to Hashem. There's a convergence of the natural and the supernatural of, what, of what faith and intellect in ourselves that even in our minds, we don't question, not just, not just that we fulfill without questioning, but it makes sense to us not to question. Um, and that's also why um, it says about the red heifer is associated with the coming of Mashiach. In the first verse of this week's Torah portion, the Medrash explains that the, the, the words the Torah uses is associated with the various kinds of exiles. The, the, word, the cow refers to Egypt, red refers to Babylonia, whole refers to Greece. I'm sorry, the fact that it doesn't have a blemish refers to Greece, and the fact that it's whole is compared to Madai, the meeting exile. So by the, our minds being in a way that that which is beyond intellect resonates within us, that prepares us for the coming of Mashiach, that as the verse indicates over here, that all the four exiles and the coming of Mashiach, that what's going to happen Mashiach will come, that revelation of Godliness will be in the world itself. And this is also related to the burning of the red heifer. Because by our mind being in a state that we don't question our faith, that our mind actually it resonates in our mind that we should have faith, that makes sense to us, this, will, this prepares us for the burning of the Rebbe Heifer, burning of the exile. Um, as a previous Rebbe said, famously, that the, bur- the walls of the exile are already burning, and we go together with our Rebbe's, and the one whose redemption is this Shabbos especially, we go with him to the true Pico Ula, the coming Mashiach, Mechad of Mamash. So it makes sense in our minds the idea of, of which is what is super rational that prayers of coming Mashiach when the world itself will be a vessel for galaxies. It makes sense to have a Muna. I think for us we understand it. You know, we see miracles that have so many years. This makes sense to just, just trust. What doesn't make sense is that we have to have a miracle that the Peter Kareva had to be tortured like that, and then there's a miracle that happened Listen, Hashem, Hashem could give us the blessings that need torture. I'm on your side. Beyond our, our, our knowledge for sure.